This week's episode is brought to you by Melissa Rose, who suggested the featured movie on our Facebook page. Mel's actually a friend of mine and is possibly one of the coolest people I know, so thank you very much for the movie suggestion. If you have a movie you'd like us to cover on a future episode, we will tell you all the ways you can let us know at the end of the show. But before we can get to the end of the show, we have to start the show, so Mike, if you would, please make with the thunder and the shoveling sounds and the music and so forth. Now. Welcome to episode 56 of the Graveyard Shift Horror Podcast, where each week we watch a movie from the horror category and break it down into the good, the bad, and sometimes the downright confusing. We'll talk about the plot, some production details, and anything else we find interesting or relevant. I'm your host Sheldon, and I never worked the Graveyard Shift alone. Please say hello to the reason you should never pick up Hitchhikers, my co-host Mike. Hey everybody. Mike, how are you today? Uh, a little disturbed after seeing this movie. <laughs> Is this the first time you watched it? No, I've seen it before, but it was such a long time ago. Yeah. I'd uh, forgotten a whole lot of it. Yeah, that's uh, that's what happens with a lot of people with this one. Man, I, I gotta say, I'm stressing the fuck out. I need a nice, relaxing movie to talk about to help calm my nerves. So I need a nice, relaxing movie to talk about to help calm my nerves. So why don't you tell everyone what this week's episode is all about? Today's episode is The Family That Slays Together. Because we watched The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We did. A lot of people have asked me when we would be doing this one, but uh, it's only been officially requested once. So now we here we are, we're on it. So we before we go into our breakdown, here is a little info. Released on October 1st, 1974, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre is an American horror film directed by Toby Hooper, who may or may not have directed Poltergeist as well, as we discussed in an earlier episode. Rotten Tomatoes gives this one a critic score of 88 and an audience score of 81%. Good scores all around, but I gotta say, I'm pretty surprised that the critic score on this one is higher than the audience score. It has a runtime of 84 minutes, had a budget of $300,000, and had a box office return of $31 million. That's pretty damn impressive. And especially when you consider the limited uh, theatrical run it had originally, it was initially rated X by the MPAA, but was given an R rating after Hooper cut several minutes of gory scenes down. Um <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? Even then, some theaters refused to screen it due to its depiction of, and I'm putting this in quotes, extreme violence and gore. I, I just find that funny because these days, this movie is not considered gory at all. Yeah, this movie's pretty darn light. Yeah. Even some theaters in Canada have problems with it. And I mean, I don't know what the scene was like back then. I mean, neither of us were around to experience it. But we're pretty laid-back bunch for the most part. Even Mike, even in your home city of Ottawa, at least two theaters were warned by local police not to play this movie or they might face morality charges. Oh my gosh. That we is... were 
We had morality problems in the seventies. <laughs> that is insane. I can't believe it. Man, and you think you think Ottawa had bigger things to worry about in the mid seventies, like uh, like that terrorist organization, the PLO, killing fucking members of parliament and leaving them in trunks. Yeah, really. Anyway, who knows? Maybe that's what. Maybe that's why they were sensitive about this. They're just like, hey, we ju- we just went through shit like that. Okay, let's not give them any anybody any ideas, right? But anyway, by today's standards, it's pretty tame. I guess in 1974, some people were a little more uptight. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold up. I fucked up. It wasn't the PLO. It was the FLQ. The PLO was Palestinian. <laughs> a little, little far away from Canada. A little bit. Oh, well. LOL. <laughs> WTF. <laughs> ASAP. Um, anyway, as for the plot, two siblings and three of their friends are on their way to visit their grandfather's grave in Texas and end up falling victim to a family of cannibalistic psychopaths. Okay, so, Mike, I know you said you were a little disturbed, but uh, let's not go completely into details, but your overall thoughts on this one before we start. This certainly was a disturbing movie, and mm-hmm. I can certainly see from the mid-'70s, before, like when horror was shifting, this was definitely a pivoting point, before the uh, the usual monsters that we had as horror movies and the occasional slasher film like, uh, I guess, Return of the Hunter or Psycho or Diabolique, then this was like the big pivot to like a definitive slasher. Yeah. Then like an occasional, then like the occasional one where it was like a psychopath. Mm-hmm. And the... Uh... Yeah, I, get, I think one of the problems people may have had, and I'm just speculating, I don't know. I think one of the problems people may have had is just that the whole thing just seemed a little too real. Because, <laughs> like, that's one of the things, like, this is not, you can, you, I mean, you consider 1974, it's not like everyone's carrying around a cell phone or anything like that. Like, some places are still pretty isolated. This could easily have happened. And, I mean, one of the things that they even though it was completely fabricated, they did try to push this movie stating claiming that it it was a, based on a true story. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, that... You know, you know why, right? Yeah, because of Ed Jen, right? Or Ed Gene, whatever his name was. Ed Gain, but... Like, that was a true story, but the reason that Toby Hooper decided to make this a true... Uh, claiming it as a true story was because of the, uh, the recent uh, government exposures of being like lying to the public like nixon watergate uh the uh, the atrocities of vietnam oh so like, he's like a... the, the government's fucking everyone's fucking lying to us so why can't i get in on it hey by the way this horror movie i made up totally true <laughs> oh wow so yeah like so i can kind of see like people never seen anything like this before and this is one of these one of the earliest movies too that like there was no you know, it, it began disturbing and ended disturbing. There was no, like, happy ending or anything to this where everything's okay in the end, you know? <laughs> so, I guess. I just thought, like, I can understand people have problems with it because of how gritty and realistic it was, um, how disturbing it was. But to say that it was overly gory, I mean, then again, we're kind of judging it through, you know, 2018's eyes, right? Yeah, so. th- their idea of gore is the idea that somebody got hit with a chainsaw, yes. rather than, this is actually a chainsaw ripping into human flesh, watching it tear away. Yeah, because, 
I, I can only think of one scene in the movie where you actually see a chainsaw connect with somebody. Yeah, and it's ironically the guy wielding it. <laughs> yeah, it's Leatherface. So, <laughs> well, anyway, we are going to go into detail about what we liked and didn't like with that movie, with the good and the bad. Um, now, these can be this can be as broad or specific as we want. It can be an overall theme, a certain scene, certain piece of dialogue, certain character, whatever. If we liked it, we can talk about it. If we didn't like it, we can talk about it even more. So, of course, we're going to start with the good, and we'll also start with the Mike. So, Mike, let's uh, tell me something good about this movie. Well, right away, the narrative intro, treating it like a documentary, or at least like a dramatic recreation of a documentary. Mm-hmm. Goes yeah. into detail, and apparently, uh, according to this guy, chainsaw is two words. <laughs> that was Toby Hooper did that, man. He was just like high on coke when he wrote that. He could afford coke at this point. No, I, I actually thought this, I thought this just... was the movie. I thought this was the movie that got him the coke money. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, I I like that. Like it started off like it, like right at the beginning and just the entire look of the movie too. So I might as well go on to what's first on my my list. Uh, actually, second on my good list, so because it kind of ties in with what you said. So because you mentioned like it starts off with a narrative, kind of like a documentary, and. The whole movie is like it doesn't look polished. It is gritty looking. It does have like that documentary type of look to it. It looks like something you know when if, when you were in school and you saw some like PSA movie for, in gym class that was like a relic of the seventies. It was filmed oh, almost the exact same way. Yeah, like Alice's Adventures of the Windshield Glass, <laughs> things like that. <laughs> or hey, why is there hair down down there? Um, <laughs> stuff like that so yeah like it's um, it's part of the charm and I know it wasn't this wasn't like an artistic decision it was simply because they couldn't afford to film it any better than what they did this gives me an idea we need to find good old fashioned American and Canadian 70s PSAs cause they I think they would downright fit the horror the horror genre like, I remember once, uh, one scene, this kid was playing basketball, and he's, like, got a sucker in his mouth. And he catches the basketball, but it shows, like, in slow motion, the basketball is, like, pushing the sucker into, like, it. the, the basketball is hitting the handle of the sucker. And he's not catching it in time. So then it starts flashing lights on the screen like an epileptic fit, letting you know, like, <laughs> danger! This is a choking hazard. Don't do this. No, that's awesome. Actually, something like I saw something like that, not choking on a lollipop, but um, when I was about 15, something uh, happened to a friend of mine that could have been a PSA, because um, it was my friend Krista, and uh, I don't know what we were doing, like there was a group of us, and we're just like, you know, guys and girls together, just kind of playing around, and she's got a can of Pepsi with a straw sticking out of it, <laughs> and somebody starts chasing her, and she trips and falls, and we just like laugh because she fell, but she gets up, and blood is just gushing out of her nose. Oh, like, oh my god! Gushing, and she's screaming, and we're like, "Holy shit! Like, did you 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 fell on your face? Like, what the hell? She'd probably broken her nose, but then she managed to gurgle out like a, a couple of words: the straw, the straw. Oh my god! She actually you fell the... directly, like uh, face face down, like a total face plant on her Pepsi can crushed the Pepsi can, and the straw went straight up her nose. The entire straw. 
Oh my god, this was like the Joker scene from The Dark Knight. Oh, the uh, make a pencil disappear? <laughs> yeah, so she actually had to go, like, we had to like walk her to the hospital. Luckily, we weren't that far, nearby to the emergency room. And she, she actually, like, the doctor actually, using, like, tweezers and things, had to grab a straw and, like, pull it slowly out of her nose. Oh, wow. Think about it. You know those those free straws when you go to a convenience store, those straws are on the counter, just the really thin white ones? Yeah. Entire one, like nothing showing, completely up the nose. <laughs> oh, If wow. that was something that didn't have like a like some flex to it, if something solid, she would have been dead because it would have went straight through her brain. So there you Damn. go, kids. Don't run with cans of pop with straws. And, oh yeah, and uh, <laughs> from this day, from that day forward to this day, you know, twenty something years later, her nickname is Kristra. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, imagine. we were talking about a movie. <laughs> she just mentioned giving her a straw for her birthday every year. <laughs> yeah, so there was a movie. Yeah, we watched a movie. Uh, oh Texas, fuck! We should probably talk about it. The Texas Christraw massacre. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so it definitely did have like the entire movie had this really like gritty documentary feel to it, and uh, I think it served it well. I don't think this movie would have worked as well as if, if it was had a nice polished sheen to it, like a lot of movies coming, a lot, a lot of movies coming from that time period did. Yeah, and that sort of bleeds into my next like, which was it just keeps like dirty and creepy until the first kill which is just like a quick dirty end to kirk right off the bat oh boy yeah like and the next five minutes of this it it delivers on the promise of the name yep we got leather we got leatherface chasing pam getting her hooked on way more than a feeling and then cutting kirk down to size yeah, like, I actually like the kills in this, so I'm just going to go straight to number three on my list. I still haven't talked about the first thing on my good <laughs> list yet, but we just keep, our our uh, good things just keep bleeding into each other, so that's okay. Um, so yeah, the kills in this, while not at all graphic compared to, like we talked earlier, not compared to horror movies we're used to now, I found them very effective and... Because they weren't ex- exactly graphic, it actually made them seem a lot more realistic. Especially to first kill Kirk. When he gets whacked over the head with that freaking hammer, oh. he drops like a freaking stone, man. He looked like he actually did get hit with a hammer. <laughs> like, it's just, Leatherface just all of a sudden is there. Out of nowhere, whack, he just goes completely out. Hits the floor and starts to twitch. It is amazing. And then uh, Pam getting skewered, even though it, it wasn't not technically a kill, but I mean... Yeah, he, he, he plants her on a hook, which does not pierce her chest. Nope. Which, so you're just assuming that that hook is now in her lungs. Yeah, or it's like she's hoisted up by her ribcage. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's gotta be brutal. And, uh, yeah, just all the kills. Uh, Franklin's death. Just like trying to get away, wheeling him, his sister's wheeling him through the woods in a wheelchair, and then Leatherface just all of a sudden plays hide the chainsaw. (laughs) 
And that bleeds into another one of my like. Franklin's death. This is some cripple on cripple violence. Jesus and <laughs> and it, the, the best part about this is that I don't have to hear Franklin's whining anymore. Uh, yeah. We'll get more on him later, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, all like all the deaths I found very effective. Um, not like I said, not at all gory, for the most part, but nonetheless very disturbing. Like the, because of the like going back again because of the grittiness of the uh, cinematography, and just how quick these kills happen, really came off as realistic. So, like I said, I don't know if this was the. Uh, just an artistic choice or just because they were limited by their budget it came off really well well the answer is both the special effects were simple and limited by the budget and here's the fact some of the on-screen blood was real like when leatherface feeds grandpa yeah oh sorry go ahead oh yeah they actually cut pam's finger with a razor because they couldn't get stage blood to come out of the tube. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. And in the scene where Leatherface decapitates Kirk with the chainsaw, they told the guy to stay still lest he actually get killed. <laughs> and they and and Leatherface actually brought the running chainsaw within three inches of his face. And when Grandpa is being uh, told to uh, clock... Uh, Sally, they actually, like, they're using a real hammer. Oh my god, they couldn't make a fake hammer? No, the the actor was aiming for the floor rather than the victim's head, although we did see it connect a few times. It did! I was gonna say it lightly connected, which I just thought was, hey, just because this guy is like, well, I mean, he's super weak. We we actually thought he was a corpse for, <laughs> for the, the majority of his scenes, so... <laughs> oh, and... Hooper noted that at the rap party, all cast members had some level of injuries. Oh, there's no doubt. He said, every single person hated me by the end of production, and it took some of them years to cool off. <laughs> I have no doubt at all. It's like I had to um, rewatch the, uh, you know, uh, the Hitchhiker when he started cutting his own hand. I had to watch the scene a few times because I was like, man... That looked real. <laughs> from like, especially like I watched this on my very small phone screen, so um, it's not like you know I was at my big TV, like uh, six inches away from the screen or anything. I was trying to look as closely as I could, and I'm like, that looks super realistic. Did he actually just cut into his hands for this movie? Because <laughs> I was gonna say I hope these actors all got paid really well, but no, they didn't because it had a budget of three hundred thousand dollars. So. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that guy, like, they would have mentioned if he had to actually cut himself. So yeah. I'm pretty sure they they could put a tube behind that razor. Well, yeah, that's true. They they had no problem talking about all the other stuff that the actors did for real, so. Yeah, so that guy got away, got away with it. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, good stuff. So, yeah, we like the uh, like the kills. Uh, I found them very realistic. Uh you know, and I'm 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 a gore hound. I got no problem watching like some like over the top gore. But it's like it's on both ends of the spectrum when it comes to horror movie kills. But they, I like them equally as well. It's like either give me something that's really extremely over the top, 
uh, gore filled, or just give me something that's like very realistic looking. Or even better, like some implied gore can be good too, and this had uh, this had all of it. Yeah, like I said, like it's I mean it's a movie about a guy that killed like a family that kills people with chainsaws, and we don't actually see even see the chainsaw connect with any of the victims. So yeah, like it's a uh, way to go for them just just to create it with atmosphere. Okay, so. I gotta mention this because I gotta go back to the top of my list because you talked about the beginning of movie, how right away it grabs you with uh, uh, John Larroquette coming in with his little narrative, <laughs> saying the events that uh, you're about to see are real. I gotta say the very first scene that we get after the narration, close up of a freaking exhume corpse, wired to a freaking pole in the middle of a cemetery. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty... While there's a radio in the background, a radio announcer talking about the recent... Uh, in this gra- cemetery in Texas, about the recent uh, grave violations that have been happening. Like body parts are missing. Uh, weird stuff has been done with the corpses. They've been wired in weird ways. You know, it's... Uh, police are investigating it. And we get off... With, we start up right off with a shot of this freaking badly decomposed corpse just just (laughs) like a it's a a monument to those flagpole sitters from the 20s yeah pretty much it didn't have like like another like smaller corpse coming out of it (laughs) that's what it looked like yeah it's like some guy holding another dude's head and by the way I have a pillar up my asshole yeah And uh, the, the actual, like, the corpse looked good, too. Like, I'm like, well, there's a big chunk of the budget right there. Yeah, it was a little confusing in that beginning when you're hearing, like, that sound of the flash bulb going off and, mm-hmm. like, the windy coming up, and it's all dark. And I'm like, so who's taking the pictures then? But I guess if we find out who's taking it later on. And it must be taken on later at night because everything is all black except for the flash. Yeah. Okay, so what else do you got for the good? Um, Leatherface. Bingo. Right. <laughs> That's what I've got next on my list, too. So, Yay! <laughs> the synchronicity is beautiful today. Finally. It took us a year, but we finally got... We finally started syncing up. <laughs> yeah, Gunnar Hansen nailed this guy. And the funny enough thing is that he actually spent time among the mentally disturbed... So he could get their mannerisms. Yeah, he was like, I mean, other than just being like this, obviously, like, I mean, you got this huge guy with a chainsaw, uh, totally berserk. He's wearing a freaking dead skin mask. But, I mean, so obviously that's scary. But it's not just the way he looks and what he does. It's like, well, I mean, but it's his twitches i guess the way he moves the sounds that he makes like he's grunting and snorting and things like that and just making the weirdest sounds squealing yeah he's just his everyday mannerisms Mm-hmm. like is not somebody just like oh i'm just killing because i'm a serial killer or whatever like that like that they've got just this thing that draws him in like this guy is just berserk his brain is constantly short-circuiting. Yes. 
like that um his brain is just like a it's just a nest of bees he's all <laughs> over the place and like he responds like when his because uh, it's his father right the uh, the gas station attendant um he... was it his yeah i guess it was his dad because he kept saying like, he kept saying to the other guy like your brother not our brother so yeah and um when he threatens him he, he responds like you know like a like a scared animal more than a person the way yeah, he like powers a, away and everything like that's yeah but it, yeah so he did research like going to a special needs school just observing these people so i mean i, I don't know how much of it was like his direct inspiration and how much the director just said but can you be a little crazier yeah and i mean it worked leatherface i mean they created this movie created an iconic horror character like Leatherface is legendary. He's up there with some of the extremely popular uh, horror icons. I mean, so much that like even just a few years ago, I mean, he was a playable character in one of the new Mortal Kombat games. <laughs> yeah, like he, who who needs karate kicks and shit when you're just pretty much a huge invincible psycho. Yeah. So yeah, that's that that was fantastic. It's always good and. This and is... it was his and it was his first role too. So <laughs> yeah, and this you is... know this guy this guy didn't take theater. He, he was a high school football player, and he was a computer operator, and a bar bouncer. Yeah. So he just spent like all this acting you're seeing is just him. Just just going with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this this movie is when like of all I mean because there's been uh, there's been sequels and remakes and prequels to this movie, but this is Leatherface at his best. Like I, I found that you know there's a sequel and, and we're we're gonna cover the sequel uh, I, uh, part two at some point, but part two is a very very different movie than this one, and even though they're still you know the family is still freaking nuts and so is Le- Leatherface. One of the problems I had with Leatherface in uh, in the sequel to this one was that there was too much of a thought process going on there. Like, now all of a sudden he can drive a car and, <laughs> you know, like, he's much more theatrical. <laughs> and, uh, like, this was what, one of the things I loved about this character was that there was no thought process there. The guy was just fucking nuts. Well, I can't imagine that there's much of a family in the next movie because the uh, the James Franco-looking motherfucker he got he got run over by an eighteen-wheeler, so he is dead as fuck. So it would just be Leatherface and uh, his daddy. Daddy, but uh, some more characters. Grandpa, Grandpa's just a lump in a chair. Grandpa is still in the second one, if I remember correctly. I've got to watch the movie again because uh. it's been a while. Yeah, I know. And it, geez, it's like more than 10 years later because I think it was like the late late 80s. Might have been 86 or so. I, I'm, I'm just guessing here. I haven't looked it up or anything. So this is more than 10 years, I'm pretty sure, after this one. Um, but then there's at least one new character introduced as well, which is... Oh, from what I looked into, <clears throat> he is the oldest brother of Leatherface. So he's not the not even the daddy. Oh, wow. Okay. 
But yeah, uh, if you haven't seen part two, it gets is one of the most bizarre movies you'll ever see. And Dennis Hopper's in it. So wow. And I guarantee you, this is one of Dennis Hopper's most batshit crazy roles as well. So we'll definitely have to check it out later on. If nobody recommends it, we'll just have to make it one of our picks. You know that those two guys did coke together. Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> you, you, you know that they're not just doing it in their trailer. They're just like, wait a second, you, you ride the white powder too? Fuck, man, let's, let's go hang out. Let's get, let's get a stripper and we'll just do coke off of her together. Oh, when you, when you watch this movie, you'll know that, um, yeah, there was definitely a lot of coke involved with this production. Okay, so do you have anything else for the good? Um, the, <laughs> when the when the proprietor is beating Sally senseless with a broom, that made me nearly piss myself with laughter. Oh, <laughs> of all the things he could have gone after her with, he's slapping her senseless with a broom. Yeah, and uh, when 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 I I nearly cheered when he put the when he put the mouth gag on her. He put the he put the towel in her mouth and we're just like, oh shit, she could just spit that out. And then he wraps a rope around the gag, holding it in her mouth, and I'm like, oh, okay. And then and then as he's like loading her into the truck, he goes back to turn off the to to shut off the door and turn off the lights. And then when he's drag and when he's driving her home, he's poking her with a stick, laughing his ass off like he's just so fucking proud of himself. And the way he's driving is he's just... His idea of driving is just tossing the wheel left and right. Like, forget being still on the road. <laughs> he's just like, wave left, wave right, woo! Like, did this guy actually drive before shooting this scene? Because he's driving the way a five-year-old would pretend to drive. Yep, you're right. It's uh, it's definitely like... some it looks just like somebody's just pretending to drive. You got, you said it, you got that right. And uh, do you have any more goods? Uh, the only other thing that I had was just um, Marilyn Burns, Sally. I liked her. Uh, rest in peace. She died. Mm-hmm. She died a few years ago. I can't remember when exactly. I think it was no more than three, four years ago. I don't think she was that old. I think she was probably maybe only in her sixties. Um, yeah, sixty-five. Oh, okay, you looked it up. Alright, so... I just liked her, man, because that was just... That is the way that most people in that experience, that situation, would react. She just freaking all out loses it. Because I, I think I would be... hit. I, I, honestly, this happened to me. I think I would be just a hysterical mess as well. I don't think I would have handled it well. <laughs> Yeah, I probably would have handled it a bit. Like, I would have had, like, a, I would have had quiet freakouts. You would have just lay on the floor and pissed your pants. That's all you would have done. But I would have done it quietly. Oh, please. You haven't done anything quietly ever. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's that's my good list, and you've got nothing Speaking else? of bickering, <laughs> my last good is the family bickering. Oh, yeah. <laughs> At the dinner table? Oh, yeah. This dinner scene... 
When it wasn't horrifying or perplexing, it was gut-bustingly hilarious. It was, yeah. Watch watching watching older brother chase his little brothers around beating him with the rest of the broom. <laughs> like he's not done. Like he's keeping his broom handle. He has found he 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 has found his gimmick. He has found his shtick. I am now the guy with the broom handle. Yep, that was <laughs> that's it. Uh, and yeah, I'm ready to uh, I'm ready to talk about the bads if you are. Yeah, let's talk about the bad. So I'll kick it off, Franklin. Fuck yes! Holy shit! That I'm sorry. That character was just annoying as hell. I I. Uh. I actually clapped a little bit when he got taken out by Leatherface. Yes, he's so fucking annoying with those raspberries he's always blowing. Yeah. His shit, like you'd think, like if anyone's annoyed, like that would be like their, like they would be like, oh fuck this. But no, he's just like throwing himself up and down in his chair, like, <laughs> like, like he's tr- he's acting like Donald Duck with Tourette's. Mm-hmm. He was making almost as uh, disturbing sounds as Leatherface was. <laughs> yeah. His attitude, his whiny twang. When they're at the van and he has like a whine he has like a whiny freak out on the horn. And then he's asking to go with Sally across a grassy hilly field in his wheelchair. Saying let's go, and at the same time also asking Sally to wait because he's fucking useless in this situation and should just stay by the van. Like, I... When he's in a scene, I'm fucking hating it. And when he's suffering, I'm happy. (laughs) When he gets... When he gets pushed down the hill when he's taking a piss? (laughs) (laughs) But did you... I did... I didn't know him enough to hate him at this time, so I felt a little bit of sympathy, but in retrospect now, I'm fucking giggling over that. I'm sorry, I, I laughed my ass off of that scene because when he takes off down a hill, he actually goes, <laughs> I thought he was I thought he was more special than Leatherface at the beginning. But as he's talking, I'm just like, wait a second, he's how he's he's having a conversation, he's verbal, like he's not completely addled. Yeah, if he's got mental issues, it seems like he they're sporadic. <laughs> Which I mean, I guess could be possible. Like I I have no idea. Yeah, there's but, there's a spectrum with uh, with mental deficiencies. But just did they? I don't know why they made that decision just to make that character so annoying. Uh, just, or he's just an asshole. Yeah. But um, yeah, he's just fucking terrible. The, the, like the worst part about this movie is that Franklin was the last to die, not the first. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was, wasn't he? Well, last of the uh, last of the victims of the family, anyway. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, I can't believe that well, I didn't. Uh, why didn't I put that in my good list uh, when the uh, hitchhiker gets nailed by the truck? Like, yeah, that was just... That was one of the most satisfying parts of the movie. <laughs> it just comes out of nowhere. Oh. But Yeah, that was... like you think when a, when a big truck is coming along that somebody would hear it, but he's just like, no, I got stabbering to do. Yeah, because I think I, I meant to put it in both li- both lists, actually. 
so I'll get to that. But I'll, I'll just say this, that uh, I know we're gone off from the good, but it was a good kill. Like, he just gets, you know, going doing his psychopathing and just gets creamed <laughs> by this freaking truck. <laughs> when he's chasing, when he's chasing Sally, he's, he's like meandering. He's not focusing on like catching her and bringing her back. No, he's he's playing. dancing. He's dancing around while he's running. It's like I'm just imagining like tiptoe through the tulips yeah. being played while he's like trying to like slice her in the back with a straight razor. He's like a cat. He's like enjoying. He is not just like about about you know killing the prey. It's like playing with it. You know, you gotta have oh, yeah. fun with it. And then, you know, not paying attention, runs down the road and just as, just as the trucks come along. And doesn't just, like, you know, get hit and bounce off or anything like that. He goes straight under the wheels. Yeah, you, like, just to just in case you think, like, oh, well, he's he's a light fella. If he bounces off that, maybe he'll be, maybe he'll be fine. No, he is run over by half of, like, all nine wheels. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, half of the wheels on his truck gets him. He's uh, he's part of the pavement now. <laughs> so, oh my God, I, who told me this? I can't remember. Um, somebody once told me that when they were like a little kid, when they were like uh, five or six years old, him and his dad were waiting at a crosswalk, waiting for the light to change. And he said he noticed like there was on the on the on the street there was like oily patches. And he asked his dad what those patches were, what those, like, dark patches were. And he said, oh, that's from the kids that didn't wait for the light to change before they tried to cross the street. Oh, good dad. Good dad. Oh, that is good. Oh, man, I hope my nephew asks me that question. <laughs> that, that's, that's fucking golden. So, you know, with that being said, well, it was, I liked that kill. I had to put it on my bad list as well. So it, uh, it, uh, it's definitely crossing both lists because there was like at least two seconds from the time that the, uh, the hitchhiker seized a truck before it actually hits him. Yeah. He, he could have like run. Yeah, this is like the the fucking like Austin Powers and the steamroller, the the henchman and the steamroller scene. <laughs> it's like he could have like stepped, what like a foot out of the way and missed this truck, but instead he sees it and puts his hands over his face and screams for two seconds before it hits him. Now, I mean, let's, let's say it like he's not exactly a bright guy either, so maybe that has well, to be well, it. He, he cuts himself with a straight razor. He's probably thinking, oh man, this is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. And uh, since that was your good, or your bad, my bad, fuck, Sally screaming. <laughs> There's half an hour left, and I'm thinking, wow, everybody else in this movie's dead except for Sally. I, I wonder what the rest of this movie is going to be. And it turns out the answer is fucking screaming. And it's all her screaming all the fucking time. I scream, you scream, we all scream, and we never fucking stop screaming. Uh, I'll give it to her. <laughs> that's, that's the type of situation where there's going to be a lot of screaming going on. Yeah, but if you're running from somebody or hiding, you think 
I'm going to shut the fuck up because this guy's wielding a chainsaw. He can't hear me unless I'm screaming. Oh, I'm doing the one thing that allows him to hone in on my location. <laughs> like, like nobody can hear you over the chainsaw. Just calm your tits and run. He's not bright. He's got a chainsaw. You can hide. Like, this guy will run out of gasoline eventually. And the only saving grace I had when he chops up Franklin and he's chasing her through the woods back to his house is I'm just imagining yakety sax being played while <laughs> this is happening. And he's like, he decides to stop and do some gardening with the chainsaw. <laughs> And then when she's at the dinner, more fucking screaming. And then there's, uh, the, these grinding sound effects. In addition to her screaming, like, this is just a cacophony of, of like, broken glass and tools in a, uh, in a kitchen sink shredder. A trash compactor, whatever. This is just <laughs> too much fucking... Too much fucking noise. Like, uh, let me appreciate some of the horror in this with a little subtlety. Or, like, have the rednecks do something. Like, just quit the screaming. Like, I can't, like nobody can scream this long without their vocal cords being shredded. <laughs> and then when she finally makes her escape, you think she'd be, like, just, like, lie down and pass out in the truck. But no, more fucking screaming. Well, there you have it, folks. Mike doesn't like screamers. So, nope. If you're a fan of the show and you decide like we're gonna be doing some stuff, then you know, try to be a little more, like maybe scream for like one part, like the part you like, but you know, spare me for the rest. Yeah, I don't need to know any of that. Um, <laughs> okay, so what else you got on your bad list? Um. It just seemed weird, like, Leatherface gets clocked with a wrench, and he just walks off having his legs tapped with the chainsaw. Like, this thing should have, like, just slid, like, through his leg, but he has enough to, like, pick it up, throw it aside, and then get up and keep chasing him. Like, no, you're fucking crippled. This does not make sense. Eh, it wasn't a deep cut. Relatively. Yeah, but you'd think you'd still be bleeding, even if your leg isn't completely shredded. But... But, I mean, he's, he's you know, he's got his insane, uh, insane strength going on, too, so... <laughs> <laughs> might not have, as, uh, you know, you're, you're thinking about us, like, we're pretty delicate, and we're, we've got, like full range of pain when we feel like something happens to us we're definitely going to feel it who knows what's going on in his brain i know he reacted to it but i don't know man he <laughs> seems like the type of guy that pain is not going to be a big factor for him <laughs> and uh i'm all out of bads right now yeah that's all i had too actually so pretty short list for us actually so we must have enjoyed this one <laughs> I mean, I can nitpick. Sometimes the acting... I, overall, I thought the acting was pretty good. Um, Franklin was probably the worst. 
Yeah, he's a good actor if his job was to be the most annoying motherfucker I've yeah. seen. Like, at, 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 uh, when I'm dealing with Franklin, I'm almost missing Evil Ed. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, like, the acting for me is like, for the most part it was good, and especially since like these people were very unknown. Like this, I think most of the cast, this was their first movie role. Um, I know they were all hired locally too. Like uh, that was one of the their uh, cost saving techniques was that they hired actors that were largely from the area. Um, and most of it, most of it was done very well, but every once in a while, even some of the best, better actors would drop a line that just were very cringeworthy. Like the uh, the caliber of the acting seemed to change from scene to scene. Yeah, you know, well, Franklin actually had a bit of acting experience. He was in a Sydney Lumet movie, uh, Love and Molly, from 1974, with Bo Bridges, with yeah, Bo Bridges, Anthony Perkins. So, his first movie was a, a relatively big movie by an established director with good actors. And then he got, and from that high point, then he went to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But he actually, um, he actually auditioned for the part of the hitchhiker. Oh, really? But then Hooper, like, he wasn't impressed with that. But then he gave him Franklin. Hmm. Cool. All right, so if that's our bad list, then let's get on to the most, the freshest list, I guess we'll say, <laughs> because we were doing this show for a while before we had this list, but uh, this is the what the fuck list. These, This is when something happens on screen that just comes out of nowhere, catches you by surprise, just makes no sense, and I didn't really have anything for this one, Mike. I know that you had a couple. But I think one we talked about that seemed pretty, uh, like, we, we agreed on. But uh, since, you know, this seems to be your favorite list, why don't you go ahead? <laughs> well, there was something that I had accidentally written in the bad section, so I just repositioned it here. And uh, it was, why did Pam have a seizure in the freezer? Which, by the way, is the title of my new death metal single, by the way. <laughs> Like, she's, like, making noise, so you're thinking, oh, she's alive. But when they, but when I guess, uh, uh, no, it's not Kirk. Pete, whatever, whatever his glasses are. He opens up the freezer, and Pam is completely still, like, so we're just wondering, oh, is she dead? And then she gets up, but she doesn't say anything, she doesn't look for, she doesn't try to get out. It's like, she just has, like, a spasm. Like a seizure that makes you sit up, and then that's it. Um, let me tell you something. Do you know that's actually pretty common for people that die because of traumatic events? It's actually called a death spasm. Where they will actually, like even on a hospital bed, will just before the second of death, will shoot straight up. Well, I imagine, but I thought that it would be from a, like a traumatic head injury like Kirk. He had a reason to be shuff, to be twitching and shuddering when he got clocked with that hammer. Yeah. But, Her, on the other hand, is just like, oh, she got stabbed in the back. And then she just decides to to twitch around. Like, you think being in the freezer, that that would, like, you know, make her solid. 
but it, uh, I don't know, it just made me wonder, like, what the hell's going on there? Like, is she alive? Is she dead? What's going on? Yeah, I, I'm thinking that's what it was. That's what it was supposed to be. Um, just not, just not conveyed convincingly. <laughs> and uh, there was another one where Kirk, when he's showing up on the uh, the Le- on Leatherface's house, he finds a tooth on the porch. He hands it to Pam as a gag. And as she walks away from him in disgust, she says, Oh, let go! And he's on the porch. She's already far from it. This is just a result of some terrible ADR. It does not fit in here. Yeah, uh, that's what... Because I thought... We, we talked about that as well. I thought she said, let's go. As in, you know, come on, let's leave. But you point out, and it's like, yeah, you're right. She actually says, let go. I'm like, let go? Like, oh, what? <laughs> There's nobody touching you. And then, uh, finally, I have to ask, like, why is Leatherface dancing in the middle of the road with the chainsaw? Like, the girl gets away, and if that was all, then I could see, like, oh, he's frustrated. Like, and he's got blue balls. He's got nobody left to, to kill. But... There's still the truck driver who didn't get picked up. He He's still running down the road. This guy could chase him. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that he got his legs sliced with a chainsaw. Yeah. He's got a lot of energy considering he should be fucking, at the very least, bleeding profusely, if not being unable to stand. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, I kind of like that. I, I thought that was pretty cool. Like that, like he just completely. I mean, the guy is already nuts, but he just completely loses it, and it's just spinning around, swinging the chainsaw all over the place. It's like that's one of my favorite scenes ever, because it is just somebody like he's in full on tantrum mode right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't you don't want to piss off Leatherface when he, when he's got his toy. But you are right. Like I guess like he's he's throwing his tantrum because uh, Sally got away. But then there's this guy that's not moving very quickly, <laughs> running through the running through the field. So he could have easily went after him. We don't even know what happened to that guy afterwards. Well, funny you should mention that because like like. There was an extra scene in this movie that showed up on the uh, the laser disc, but then they just didn't put it out on anything else. But you know, we've got loyal fans. We've got people that actually, uh, you know, they do a lot of digging for us, and they managed to find out what exactly happened to the truck driver. You think he had a good? You think like he managed to get away because Leatherface ignored him, but. You know, his, uh, there, there's no happy endings for anybody. And you're going to find out why on this week's It Came from the Cutting Room Floor. Come on, pick up. Mother Truckers, Frank Mother speaking. Frank, it's Pete Sanchez. Listen, I've got bad news. I'm stranded, and I had to abandon the truck. What? Did you make the pickup at Round Rock first? Yeah, I did, but the point is, I killed... Shit, man, that truck has $300,000 worth of electronics on it that I'm on the hook for. 
Listen, I had a reason. I'm pretty shaken up, actually. Listen, you're going to have to deal with some police and get me picked up. I only had one quarter on me, and I had, and I decided to tell you why the truck is going to be a little dinged up when you get it. Oh man, you wrecked the truck, Sanchez. You better have a damn good reason. How does a chainsaw-wielding maniac chopping up the door and a dead redneck under the tires count for a reason? I'm listening. So I was coming back after the Round Rock pickup on Quick Hill Road when this man and woman cut across the road, and I'm hauling tons. You know I can't stop quick. I honk the horn. They ain't listening. It turns out this guy is stabbing the girl. He's fixing to kill her. So I can't stop the truck. I hit him with it. Usually getting in between a domestic dispute is inadvisable, but I think you made the right call. Yeah, and I don't think there were a couple anyway. I, I got out of the truck to offer the girl a lift to the hospital. But then there's this other dude with a chainsaw coming up on me. And, and we get in, but this guy's getting at the door and with the saw, and, and we can't start it in time. And so I just grabbed a wrench, ran around the truck. When he followed, I threw the wrench at him, beamed him good, and he fell back and dropped the chainsaw on his leg. So, you killed two rednecks? God damn, Pete, the insurance company's gonna have my balls as bookends. But, you know, I gotta say, that is pretty badass. Oh, you want a badass? The big hombre, he just got up and walked it off. But then this guy in a pickup truck passed by, picked up the gal, got her out of there, and he gunned it before I could get in. And the dude with the leathery mask just ignored me and had a fit. I ran. Uh, when I last turned around, he was just dancing in the middle of the street with his chainsaw. Sweet flying fuck, you've had quite the adventure. Hey, boy, I'm ready to hit the road. Uh, yeah, thanks, man. I'll be there in a minute. Who's that? Oh, I found this gas station when I was running. The owner was really friendly. Remember, it's on Quick Hill Road, so send the police there to come and get me and the truck and stuff. I'm going to be here by sundown, but don't worry. The owner is taking me to his house for lunch with his family. I'm so grateful right now. I need this. It feels like my luck has turned. Hey, I got my regs mixed up. Can you tell me which one smells like chloroform? Oh, yeah, sure. Happy to help. Wait, wait. Frank! Frank! Damn it. <sighs> I wanted to tell him chloroform smells sweet and medicinal. And there you have it. Wow. That's, uh, yeah. Well, I guess that explains what happened to him, anyway. But yeah, always confused about, like, those... I don't know if it's something to do with the uh, transference of audio files, but voices always sound a little off. And familiar. Well, okay. a lot of these well, these movies are old. Uh, that's true. Wow, so that is all the good, the bad, the what the fuck, and the uh, missing scene. But we still got something to talk about just yet, and I can't wait to uh, for you to figure out, or find out, I should say, what you've got in store for us this time. Yep, we have to uh, determine who had the best grisly end on this week's Kill of the Week. And this one goes to Franklin. Simply because not only did this fucker have it coming, but to me it also seemed like the funniest kill. Because he's just like in his wheelchair, just throwing his arms, of, or just throwing his arms to the front 
to the side, doing what is essentially the best Kermit the Frog impression while while getting poked with a chainsaw. Not like mutilated, like I, I thought that limbs would be coming off or that he would take his head or cut through something, but no, we just see Leatherface standing in front of Franklin. We're seeing Franklin from behind waving a flashlight while getting, yeah, just getting like poked repeatedly with the chainsaw. Like Leatherface is just experimenting <laughs> with how, how, what, how can we kill somebody without like, while taking some time to enjoy it? Mm-hmm. And Sally being of no help to her brother, like you'd think she would at least be like grabbing the wheelchair and running backwards with it. But at this point, I think, I think subconsciously in her mind, she was just glad to be done with Franklin. <laughs> Yeah, that could be the case. I don't know. I don't think that's the one I would have picked. I think I would have went... Uh, I think it would have went with either the initial, like, whack to the head when Kirk gets it, because, it, like I said, it just looks so realistic and it came out of nowhere, or it would have been the... Uh, it is a great introduction to Leatherface. It really is. Or it would have been the uh, the hitchhiker's death, just getting creamed by that freaking truck. He was annoying, and if Franklin wasn't such a such a prick, I would have just given it to that. But Frank, every scene Franklin was in, I was just like, I can't wait for this guy to die. So just that that need for him to die when it was finally met, that's what pushed it to the front. Okay. O- only because he was only because he was so damn annoying. But. That's not that's not saying that these other kills weren't great. They definitely were, but Franklin just gave me personally the most satisfaction. <laughs> yeah, good choice. Okay. Guys, that is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This is considered a horror classic. Uh, what do you guys think of it? Uh, you like it? You don't like it? You know, think it's great? You think it's overrated? What do you think of our opinions of it? Do you agree? Disagree? Um, is there anything that we should have brought up that we missed? We want to know your thoughts, and you've got several ways to get those thoughts to us. First of all, you can go the old-fashioned route and email us at graveyardshiftpod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at gys underscore horrorpod. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thegraveyardshiftpod. And you can follow us on Instagram at instagram.com slash graveyardshiftpod. Now, this show is free to listen to, but guys, it's not free for us to produce. Uh, Getting the show to you actually comes out of our own pockets, and if you're feeling especially generous, you can go over to www.patreon.com slash graveyard and make a donation to help uh, help us with the show's cost. Um, For only a dollar a month, you not only get to help out the show greatly with the production cost, but you get instant access to some patreon exclusive episodes we do an episode roughly once a month and upload to patreon and we do it a little different than when we the way we do these regular shows like we uh it gives us some some uh an excuse i should say to play around with and we do uh not just movies sometimes we do video games tv shows we'll do top 10 lists um, whatever comes to mind, sometimes they're even extended episodes, like uncut, raw, uh, 
editions of our regular feed. So check that out. And like I said, those are only available to our Patreon donors that are donating $1 or more per month. But, of course, we understand not everybody has us to, has money to give us money, but you can still help us out a ton. Uh, the best way to do that, go on over to iTunes, rate, review, subscribe. In the long run, that's what's going to help us out the most. And if you're not an Apple user, whichever way you're finding our podcast, I'm sure there's some kind of rate, uh, rating, reviewing, some kind of subscription feature. So if you could do that, please do. That helps us out immensely. Um, if that's not possible, share us on social media. I just talked about our social media pages, so you can go and follow us there and share them with some of your friends that you think may be interested in listening to the show. And if nothing else, just by word of mouth. You know somebody you think might, be, might enjoy our show? Just let them know about us. So, Mike, other than the Graveyard Shift, what else do you got going on in podcast land? Well, I got the Playing With Power podcast, the Nintendo Power Retrospective, where me and my friends read each and every issue of Nintendo Power magazine, first to last, front to back. And on that same feed, we also have something called the Taste Test, where we sample all the delicious NES games that we either missed out as kids or maybe forgotten or just, you know, some classics. And then there's also Geek Fallout Productions, which you can find on where iTunes are, where podcasts can be found, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash geekfallout, and that is where me and Rich do a show called Technobabble, where we talk about science and technology, breakthroughs, and just amazing ways where mankind's pursuit of knowledge can either save the world or end it. Mm-hmm. Cool, yeah, it's all good stuff. Check it out. It's, uh, they are a quality cast, and, like, I'm still, like, uh, Technobabble is great, and, uh, of course, the taste test is always entertaining, and I'm still loving the Playing With Power podcast. Uh, you want to know something? The pl- uh, Officially now, Playing With Power podcast is the longest I've ever listened to a podcast, like, uh, for a full run. <laughs> because, uh... Now, that is because because of some of the podcasts that I listened to for a long time have ended, <laughs> but or still. Their, or their hosts have uh, not been reviewed favorably recently. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. That makes me sad. Um, but yeah, it's a great one, and it was actually the catalyst of this podcast starting, so we kind of owe it. So uh, check that out, and your co-host from The Playing With Power, uh, Ben, He's got another podcast that's happening as well, right? Yep, Repeat One, mm-hmm. all one word, and that is uh, songs that you can listen to on loop. He takes you about uh, three to five minutes talking about a specific song that means a lot to him or has made an impact. Yeah, it's a good one. I like it. It's very interesting. I like his take on, on music, so check that one out as well. And guys... Just want to thank you again for all the support, uh, loving all the Twitter and Facebook messages, all the comments on our posts. Uh, absolutely love it. Like, we're having such a great time having discussions with you guys. And keep the movie suggestions coming. Like, we we really want to know what movies you want us to cover. Uh, we try to do them in order of uh, that we get them. Doesn't always happen. Of course, our Patreon donors get priority. 
Um, any suggestions they make go to the top of the list. And any movies that get multiple recommendations also move up on the list. So, uh, you know, like I said, if there's a movie you want us to cover that we haven't mentioned yet, then you know how to do it. So we look forward to that. And uh, just thank you guys for all the support and downloads. We really do appreciate it. Okay, so we've got another movie coming up next week. We'll be getting that out to you. Remember, uh, look for a new upload every Monday. But until then, I'm Sheldon. And I'm Mike. And thank you again for joining us on The Graveyard Shift. Ha, 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 ha,